The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said, But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, our Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Whenever we read Scripture, whenever we read the Bible, there are two storylines that are happening. One is the upper storyline, which is God's story, where God fulfills God's purpose. And then there is the lower storyline which involves us, the human characters within the story. And, and in that storyline, the lower storyline, we add in all the complexities of life, all the things that we experience day to day. For example, in, it doesn't seem fair for Adam and Eve to get kicked out of the Garden of Eden. It doesn't seem fair for God to favor Isaac over his half-brother Ishmael. But throughout each of those stories, we can sit back and see the upper storyline, God's story, and how God is active in, with, through, and under those stories. Then we come to the story of Joseph, which we read today in our first lesson. God calls us to capture the upper story, even when we read scripture like Joseph and may not fully understand what is happening or why it is happening. And I want to think together with you some of the the good that happens in the story of Joseph, the, the bad things that happen in Joseph, and how God's story interacts with all of that. The story starts in Genesis chapter 37, when Joseph 
is sold into slavery by his brothers. Again, that we see that and, and we think that is not a good thing that happens to Joseph. He is only 17 years old, but he is deemed to be the favorite out of all his siblings. Joseph has his dream. He dreams about his brothers and his parents bowing down to him. And, and when he tells his family about this dream, it doesn't make him very popular. Joseph's brothers sell Joseph to a band of Ishmaelites. And they tell Jacob that Joseph was killed by a ferocious animal. And the Ishmaelites take Joseph into slavery. He is eventually sold to an Egyptian official named Potiphar and becomes his right-hand man. Potiphar's wife tries to seduce Joseph. And when Joseph refuses her advances, she falsely accuses him of assaulting her, and Joseph ends up in prison. And while in prison, Joseph starts to interpret people's dreams. So throughout the story so far, you see the upper and the lower, the good and the bad happening in Joseph's life. And throughout it all, Joseph never questions the bad things that happened to him. Instead, he stays connected to God. And, and we read in, in the story again and again that, that the Lord was with Joseph, that God never left his side. So then we move on in the story and, and, and we see that Pharaoh is, is having trouble with his dreams. He, he's dreaming all of these things and he's trying to find someone to interpret them. He brings all of the wise men and the majesties in and, and they can't figure out what is going on. But then he hears about Joseph and how Joseph is interpreting dreams while in prison. So he calls Joseph to his side to talk with him. Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams and consults him about the future. <clears throat> In the first dream, Egypt will have seven years of a bountiful harvest. In the second dream, Egypt will have seven years of extreme famine. So Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge to carry out a plan for the years of harvest to prepare for the years of famine. And this positions Joseph in the exact place where God wants him to be. <clears throat> Joseph is promoted to deputy Pharaoh in Egypt at the age of 30. The famine hits Canaan, where Jacob and his other sons still live. Joseph's brothers come to Egypt looking for food, begging for food. They bow down to Joseph, not realizing it is him. Joseph is now 39 years old, 22 years after he has his initial dream that his family will bow down before him. 
Now, this is the moment that we are waiting for, right? This is the moment in Joseph's story where he can take revenge to his brothers for selling him into slavery. Now his brothers are going to get what is coming to them. Joseph has all the power and authority. He wants to, to do whatever he wants to his brothers. The only question is, how will he do it? How will Joseph pay back his brothers after the 22 years of suffering, being sold into slavery, being falsely accused of assaulting someone, being sent to prison and living in the most terrible places. But Joseph calls his brothers and he asks where the father, his father is. And and before they answer, Joseph forgives them. He says, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves. You sold me here and I am the place where where God wants me to be. And there there are times of plentiful. Now there's a time of famine. And God is going to ensure that we are all taken care of. God has made me the father to Pharaoh and all his house and all the rulers and all of Egypt. He forgives his brothers. He does the unthinkable. So they leave and they tell their father the good news that Joseph was actually alive and and what he's able to do for them. So the question that, that we begin to ask is why doesn't Joseph take advantage of this opportunity? Why doesn't he seek revenge on his brothers? Why does he extend forgiveness instead of punishment? Joseph was able to forgive his brothers because he saw that God was up to something. He had captured the upper story of his life. He was able to see God's bigger plan. What the brothers did was extremely wrong. But God stayed with Joseph through the ups and downs in his life. And Joseph put his trust in God. Joseph was in the right place at the right time to carry out God's mission. And because Joseph was able to forgive his brothers, he was able to continue to do the things that God wanted him to do. Because this story doesn't just end right there. It it continues with the Egyptians and the Israelites growing to a great nation of people. And by the time Joseph died, he was 110 years old when he died. He had 22 years of this difficult life, but he had 71 years of a blessed life. He continued to follow God and continued to seek God and God's mission in his life. It is possible for us to do this as well. In the gospel today, we read the the plan of how to do this, right? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other cheek. If someone wants your coat, do not even withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who begs of you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask them for it again. Do unto others as they would have them do to you. 
There are many times when people want to cause harm. There are many times when people do cause harm in our life. I know that has happened to me over the years when someone has intentionally gone out of their way to cause me harm in my life. They have done something against me. They have said something against me. And it is the instinct in, in my life to seek revenge or, or to tell them that they are wrong. It's easy for me to justify my actions when someone hurts me. And to be quite honest and transparent, though that has happened before. Someone has done something to me, against me, and I have retaliated in some way. But there are many other times when I have been able to step back. And to ask that question, what is the upper story? What is God's plan for me in this particular moment? Because when we start to live into the kingdom of God here on earth, we live a different kind of life. When we experience in the kingdom of God hurt or heartache or harm from someone else, we have an opportunity to forgive that person. We have an opportunity to show grace, mercy, and love. And it is not easy. And we don't always do it. But it can happen. We live in a world where we are encouraged to get revenge. We live in a world where we are told, take an eye for an eye. We are told, in, in this world, get what is coming to you. We are told, revenge is sweet. But we are also told in Scripture that God is a God of love. We are also told in Scripture to love our enemies, to bless those who curse you, to pray for those who abuse you. And this influences everything we act, do, and say. This influences the way we live out our lower story in union with the upper story of God. And we can be the heroes of our own story as long as we follow our guide, which is God. How do we do that? Well, the first way we do that is to love God, to take a hard look at our own lives and see where we fall short of the glory of God. The way we do that is connecting ourselves with this community, this faith community. And when we come into a time of worship, we take advantage of our time together as we immerse ourselves in confessing our sins, in praying our prayers, and reflecting on Scripture, in taking in the sacrament of bread and wine. How do we do this? Well, it is taking what we experience here in this place and committing to live it out in the world. Experience what we have here as a community of faith and, and integrate it into the other parts of our lives. So when we come across a situation like Joseph did, when we are hurt, when we are betrayed, we can love our enemies. We can do good to those who hate us. We can pray for those who abuse us. We can turn the other cheek when someone strikes us. And when that happens, we see our life in a different way. We see our relationships in a different light. And the promises of God 
become clearer and clearer. And this promise is that God is with us and will always be with us. The the promise of God is to never leave us even when things seem bleak in our life, even when we can't see our future. And God says, no matter what happens to you, I will never, ever, ever leave you. And when we become struck down by the hardships of life, we have a place here at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church where we come back to find support, to find grace, to find love. We, we have a place where we can come back even when we mess up and, and even when we do not turn the other cheek, even when we don't love our enemies and we confess our sins and we receive the forgiveness, the absolution of our sins, and we find strength in what we do together here in worship to go back out and try again and again and again. And throughout our time together, we have an opportunity to look and see and discern what is the upper story of God. Because that story is not yet finished. That story comes to each and every one of us. That story is based in love. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name. Amen.